0: This podcast is not intended to substitute for mental health support from a registered provider. Our intention is to educate our audience in the realm of mental health. We will discuss topics related to mental health and share tools, information, and some of our own personal opinions too. We will be discussing both current research and our own personal opinions on this podcast. The information shared will not be a one-size-fits-all. If you ever feel in need of mental health support, we urge you to reach out to your local resources. Here in Alberta, you can call 211 to access 24 hour support or call your local distress line. Welcome back to Beyond the Chair. Um, I am your host, Sarah. And with me today, as always, is co-host Josh. Josh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Josh, I heard from a little birdie that you have some pretty exciting news to share with us.
1: I'm getting up. Pu- no, just <laughs> kidding. I am graduating. No longer a student.
0: How does that feel? Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Uh, It feels both amazing and slightly terrifying at the same time. Mm. Um, Amazing that I now no longer have to record the hours I'm doing, (laughs) but terrifying that, oh, here's the next steps. Time to figure out how Cap works. Because I am that procrastinator that waited to do it till now.
0: Yes, and for all of our listeners that might be outside of Alberta, CAP is the College of Alberta Psychologists, which is our governing body once we leave the lovely land of being graduate students. And so that is very exciting, Josh, and I feel like it's rather fitting that we're back into fall and you have now graduated, that it might be a good time for you to provide... Your open letter to all of the students that are returning to school, the graduate students, the practicum students, and all the lovely supervisors and teachers that are educating us as we move along in our education journeys.
1: I wish I had some paper to, like, rustle right now <laughs> as if I was actually reading a letter rather than making this up on the spot. <laughs> but uh, open letter to everybody returning. Um what do I want to say?
0: You know, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a student that's going back to school in the fall as you reflect on your whole education journey?
1: Um, that it does eventually end. Mm-hmm. And like the, so I mean, the master's program that I did and that you're in this year in. Is what 28 months long, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I don't remember the first month anymore. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like it's like blurred by, it's all become like one large chunk. And like while I was doing it, I was like, Oh my god, I'm only a month in, but now that I'm done, I'm like, It's been two years.
0: Yeah, how did that happen? I know where did that go? Time flies, even when you're not having the most fun ever, and I think we can expect that most of our listeners here today are probably either psychology students, graduate students, people in practicum or mental health professionals or even supervisors of those students, and so I think as a as you look back into your undergraduate journey in psychology, what would you offer to those first-year psychology students that are thinking about getting their master's
1: oh god um let's be clear <laughs> i took my undergrad in 2007 2008 2007 i started
0: i was eight years yeah old. no
1: that that's why i'm saying let's be clear i'm i'm older <laughs> than you <laughs> i've had my bachelor's degree for 10 years now and i'm just finishing my master's degree it's great um oh, what would i offer <laughs> words of wisdom to a first year um that's like 104 and 105 might not be the most fun classes but if you stick it out they get much better i remember Mm -hmm. taking um what are they senior level yeah senior level that's university lingo i know what i'm talking about i'm cool um (laughs) when you start taking the senior level classes like the 300s they start like actually getting interesting and like you want to be there and like you get to do the experiments you get to do the research a little bit you get to interact with your peers on a professional level um so like it's kind of like anything in university the first couple first couple first year is just like let me get this admin work out of the way so i can get into the good fun stuff
0: yeah and i think when i remember back to my undergrad which was not very long ago, Um, I think the biggest thing was adjusting expectations. I didn't know that Mm. my undergrad in psychology would have absolutely nothing to do with counseling. And so there was lots of times that I felt like, what am I even doing here? And how is this even going to get me to my end goal, even though I knew that this is what I needed, because it was the prereq. But I was like, totally expected that there was going to be more counseling skills offered in my undergrad and there was only one counseling course that was offered when I did mine at the U of A and it didn't even really talk about what being a psychologist was even really like
1: yeah I think I probably took the same one I think it was I want to say it was like intro to counseling or something it was a 300 level and it was like here's what you do in counseling, you do assessments, you do this, you do that, you do this and that. And it was just like, there was no practice to, like, figure out if you like those things. It was just like, these are parts of the way a therapy session
0: goes. And even that, I think it didn't really even look at, like, what a 50-minute counseling session would be or what it meant to be a psychologist. And so I remember feeling like, okay, what am i doing here and that can be really defeating as a student when you have a goal in mind and you could not feel further from your goal when you're actively chasing that goal
1: i like your phrase of actively chasing that goal um especially because during like during my undergrad i was very much like i i loved uh what was it was at McEwen. It was um, evolutionary psychology and advanced evolutionary psychology where we wrote, like, research proposals. And then in the 400, the advanced one, we did, like, we collected data and did, like, the experiment. And I was like, yeah, this is what psychologists do. Now I'm like, that's not what counseling psychologists do. <laughs> it's very different. So It's
0: very different. And I think sometimes you leave your undergrad with a more skewed – Mm -hmm. vision of what actually being a psychologist would be and I think I went into my master's and even at that point I didn't really know what to expect in a 50-minute counseling session because nobody talks about it and so sometimes it's almost like it feels like a very daunting task to come into practicum and know how to fill that time and how to have a counseling session when you really have only learned how to do interventions um, and you become really intervention focused. Yes. And so you come as a practicum student you're like I really know nothing.
1: Yeah um, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I mean (laughs) you might have been 10 years behind on your undergrad but you're only a semester difference on our (laughs) master's degree here. So I think you and I had probably a very similar experience with like counseling skills and it was like here's your 15 minute skill session with another i guess counseling student so this is the only practice you get and it's literally i say 15 and i want to make sure that i'm clear that that's one five not five zero
0: yeah <laughs> and, and like, it that's was it. almost made it seem like every single session that you would have you would be doing this well thought out yes. intervention that would go perfectly yeah. every time and it would be big and it would be life changing. Yes, And in reality, I think that my big interventions maybe happen like once every five sessions. I don't think that I have a ton of sessions where like I have this crazy... Therapeutic intervention, other than like the small interventions that you offer your clients.
1: Sorry, I'm thinking through to see if I'm like, have I had any big intervention moments? Yeah. Uh, I I can I I'm gonna say I agree with you again that like during interventions class, yeah, you're right. There was, okay, here's the textbook. Read these nine interventions and pick one that you're gonna use in practice session, and then, like, compared to real, a real therapy session sitting with a real client, there is no, like, oh, let me just read through the textbook real quick to find which intervention I want to do with you. And I agree, like you said, during those practice ones, it was like, oh, I'm going to hit them real hard with the empty chair mm-hmm. and have this big life-changing moment, whereas I can tell you right now I have never used the empty chair in a session because I'm, like, I don't know how this will fit in the narrative that we're going with. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's time and place for it and I'm sure people love using it, but I in my practicum I, I kind of defaulted to the smaller the smaller interventions that aren't like these big grand gestures like um, I, I think I I will say it I'll say it time and again. My go to is reframing. I love just like hearing somebody say something and being like, Have you thought about it a different way? and see what comes up
0: yeah i agree with you and i think the one thing that can be so defeating when you start practicum is if you aren't realizing what small interventions you're doing you can really feel like you're not doing enough yes and until you have that moment or that ability to Figure out and identify those small interventions that you're doing and even like supportive listening and rapport building. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can really feel like you've been so ineffective, but your clients keep showing up. Yes. And they keep coming back. Yes. And that isn't because they think that they have to. Yeah. It's because you are doing something that works for them. And so... I think for anyone entering practicum, I would just wholeheartedly say, like, be so easy and so gentle on yourself because, unfortunately, the reality of practicum and counseling is probably not going to match up with expectations that you put on yourself or what you believed a counseling session might look like when you were doing your graduate studies
1: no i totally agree with that um i mean i think it's similar to to several things like we have the hollywood media depiction of whatever events right so i mean especially like i can't even think of a movie in recent memory but like if you know somebody goes to to a therapist or a psychologist or psychiatrist in the movies it's always like this big dramatic oh my god moment that you know oh, cool, we're solved, I'm healed, I'm out, and then they never see their psychologist again. And, they, and that, I think, has been like glorified as like, oh, that's what therapy is, is it's just like, here, let me have this big epiphany, and then you, you leave and you never see that person again. Whereas, I think you're definitely right, it's the recognizing that clients don't need to keep coming back, they want to keep coming back.
0: Well, and it's those gradual, smaller epiphanies that they have on their own that are what drive change mm-hmm. and support them to make change and that make you an effective therapist. And so it's about learning. And if I could go back and start my day one of practicum over again, I would have spent more time focusing on the smaller interventions. Mm than on having these grand ones and familiarizing myself and being able to identify them. Because now I think back, I'm like, I was doing all those things, but I still felt like I wasn't doing enough. And so that was hard. But I'm wondering, I know we're trying to talk about building ourselves up in practicum, but if you were to reflect on, like, one or two mistakes that you made in practicum. What do you think those might have been?
1: When you say mistakes during practicum, do you mean like mistakes in like in session with clients or like just like mistakes with practicum in general?
0: I think it could be anything. Like I definitely think throughout my practicum I've said stuff oh, that yeah. like Came out wrong, and I wish that I could have just eaten my words right after I said it. Yes. But I also think, like, a mistake in practicum, like, they're going to happen. Yes. And so mistakes aren't necessarily, like, oh, I really fumbled the bag so hard that, like, I'm not a good therapist. But, like, what is something that you would change if you could go back to younger Josh from... How long was our practicum? Eight months?
1: Eight months, yeah.
0: Eight months ago.
1: Back in January of 2023.
0: What would you be like, you know what, if you could avoid doing this one thing, maybe do that.
1: The one administrative thing I wish I could have avoided messing up was my timesheet for recording my hours. I put put my hours on the wrong timesheet because I was just (laughs) like, it's all one practicum, we're good, and it was actually two timesheets, and... So, that was a nightmare at the end. So, if I could go back and be like, yo, maybe pay a little bit more attention to the bottom line, <laughs> The Moral be great. of
0: the story, pay attention to your timesheets and yeah. read the instructions thoroughly.
1: There was no instructions.
0: I mean, I can't say for sure if I figured it out because you knew that it had gone wrong and I watched you go through it first. <laughs> but I will say, I found the second semester very easily no shade though
1: that feels very shady (laughs) and i'm going to say that i don't (sighs) i'm not trying to like deflect the blame because i know (laughs) because it's not like it's not like i missed it's not like it was like a week of hours it was literally two months of hours so wasn't
0: it like the whole semester no
1: it was it was from uh may 8th to july 11th
0: okay and did rebecca notice it before you did
1: she mentioned it before i did
0: why do i feel like rebecca saw it the whole time and it was just like panicking
1: maybe that's very possible <laughs> um i yeah because at one point she was like uh your hours i keep approving your hours but like semester two still says you have zero hours and i was like yeah that is weird and then i like looked at it like let me let me have a closer look at the time she and i was like oh that's why <laughs> okay mm-hmm. um but, yeah, so I would I would like to have not done that because it made it for a little bit of a nightmare at the end here where I had to email the school back and forth and f- work with the practicum coordinator to try and get it sorted out um, throughout, like, the last two months. It's been kind of like a back and forth, like, what do you need me to do? Can you do this? Okay, what do you need me to do now? Can we do that? And so there was
0: mm. –
1: it's all sorted now. I'm happy. But it was <laughs> – a lot of extra work right at the end. Yeah. Um so advice, pay attention to the <laughs> boring and work because it's potentially important. And potentially when I say potentially it's from boring. graduating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah.
0: How was it being a male throughout your graduate studies in a predominantly female area uh,
1: i both hate and love this question from you because it's so loaded but also not <laughs> but also is um so from a on a personal side um i've always worked in like generally female dominated industries like i was a lifeguard for like 10 years and there was like six boys on the crew for every 20 women (laughs) so like on a personal side like that it's like yeah this makes sense this is is my normal work environment yeah um on a professional side i am definitely struggling a little bit um just because when you think i don't want to I don't want to use stereotypes but like stereotypically when you think of like the male archetype it's not like a nurturing come to a place of healing Mm
0: -hmm. do you think that your experience in practicum was affected yes by your job okay
1: absolutely i think that um even doing so during practicum we 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 could do the intakes and so like even doing intakes and like being able to offer my name as a student alternative for low-cost therapy i recognized a pattern that as soon as it was like oh male versus female the tendency was to take a female therapist
0: was it harder when i came along yes do we have beef
1: no (laughs) because i'm like it's awesome that you get all these things um, I
0: feel slight, like, no, I feel more than slightly guilty oh, about don't. that all the time.
1: Oh, I, I, I attribute no blame to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I definitely assume. I did notice that, like, once you joined on, and to be fair, they accepted you as a student before me because, you know, procrastinating. <laughs> So, like, you were picked before me. So, it's not even like I could be like, oh, she took my spot. You didn't. <laughs> um, I definitely even noticed a slowdown in like the looking for low cost alternatives. Mm.
0: They were like, oh,
1: we also, I was, uh, you know, like, we have, you can pick a student if you're looking for this. You know, we have Josh or Sarah. And they'd be like, Sarah, <laughs> okay, I get it.
0: Yeah. Because um, I think even that week that you had the phone. Um, when oh, yeah. our admin lady was off, you were answering the calls, yeah. and they were speaking to you, yeah. and you were still booking. Yes, for me. Yes, and so I'm wondering, like, two males who are entering practicum or thinking about going into this field, what would you offer them?
1: Um, something that I've spoken with christy about a little bit um
0: christy is the owner of landry psychology just in case you didn't know that sorry we're name dropping like crazy and these people people. are gonna be so confused
1: that's okay confusion is great no um (laughs) honestly it's i think it's getting your voice out there so um i wish and this is probably what i would have told younger josh um that i had done something like like an instagram page for my practice or a tiktok mm-hmm. or something where i could actually like speak and record rather than like trying to write in my own voice mm-hmm. um just because i i do find that when i when i do get clients into the room with me <laughs> they stay yeah um, And I, you know, even speaking with, like, uh, Rebecca, my supervisor, like, that's definitely one of my strengths is, like, I, my, my voice is a very calming, very, like, uh, (laughs) we're going to go with the unconditional positive regard. Like, I I have that good influence there. So, like, I find that if, I think if people could hear how that comes up before they have to pick who they want, Mm -hmm. I might be able to pull in a few more clients.
0: Yeah, and I do think that you have amazing retention of clients, and I envy you in that regard. Thank you. You're welcome. So you think that for other males coming into this field, the biggest thing would probably be to try and get their voice out there and communicate to potential clients before they come in
1: yes yeah but basically some type of some type of advertisement where they can speak in their own candid voice so that th- there's something a little bit more to latch on rather than the like oh let me look at pictures on the website of who we're looking at right because let, let's be honest i will always be the most masculine picture on our website until we hire another male <laughs> and it's very easy to be like no, don't want that one, and look at somebody else. It's very, like, it's like a two-second scroll, right? Versus if you can actually hear somebody talking and hear the way um, they articulate, the way they, you know, draw you in, all that stuff, right? You know, you can even put out, like, what type of therapy you want to do, what type of therapy you're good at, um, you know, and attract people that way. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling now.
0: No, I think... But those are really good points. So, like, I unfortunately or fortunately never had to consider. um, Shameless plug, I do have an Instagram page, though. Yeah. Therapy with Sarah M. If you want to go check it out for some tips and tricks. Wow. I know. I just
1: (laughs) said that I need these things, and you're like, I already have them.
0: (laughs) Um, But I do think, like... Do you think that that altered your experience in practicum? Or do you still think that at the end of the day, you enjoyed?
1: At the end of the day, I still enjoyed every minute I was in session. So, like, I don't think it altered how I would, like, view therapy in general, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, Did you know that... Or did you have the expectation that that might be how it goes when you came in?
1: Yes. Um, I was already... Yes and no. was
0: I... cautiously optimistic. Yeah,
1: well, so... Yeah, right. I love, I love when I give this answer of like, yes and no. Yeah, those are the two options. <laughs> um, I figured it would be slow because I was a student starting out. And... Um, at one point, there was another male psychologist on staff here who was experiencing something similar about not being able to fill his roster of clients. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, this might be a problem for me. That's okay. I'm a cheap student therapist. People will come see me anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And so now I'm kind of like, oh, I get it. I get. I get what he was going through now.
0: Yeah. And so... Sorry if I'm outing you. No, please but go ahead. What suggestion or advice would you give to students that maybe don't finish practicum on time? Cuz I could imagine that that would probably be pretty discouraging.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Well, as As one one of those students who didn't finish practicum on time.
0: You um, said I could out you. Yeah,
1: I did. I did give you the go-ahead. It's fine.
0: (laughs) You knew it was coming. I did.
1: Um, As one of those students who didn't finish practicum on time, I finished a week into this semester. Which Um, is
0: so frustrating. Yeah,
1: which was very frustrating, especially because I could – I was literally counting down the hours, and I was like – I was like, oh, I'm so close to just being able to finish before the semester starts. Um, I do know that, so Yorkville University, where you and I attended, they just extend practicum. I'm not sure what other schools do or what the other procedures are.
0: One would hope it would be very similar. Yeah,
1: I would hope so too, but I don't know. So I can't speak to that experience. I can only speak to ours. Um, But I did, so my... The extension was very easy because of the way Yorkville designed it. I had to email my practicum coordinator and say, hey, I'm short this many hours. What's the next steps? So they're like, we're going to throw you in the extension group. You have to attend a seminar on this day, and it'll be this day for every two weeks or every other week, I guess. And I said, great. And then I went to that seminar and – the professor, like, we went around introduced ourselves, and the professor was like, oh, yeah, how many hours do, like, each of you have left? Like, what are we looking at? And then people were going around, and there was um, several that were very close. Um, like, one other student, they, were, they had eight hours left. And then there was some that were still very far away that one was like, I have 50 hours left out of the 400. And then it got to me, and I was like, I have one hour left to complete, <laughs> and I have clients booked tomorrow and so my professor was like oh so we're not gonna see you again i was like probably not no (laughs) thank you for having me um and then as soon as i got that hour i emailed the coordinator and said hey look i'm done and they were like cool i've looped in your professor i was like yeah that's great and they were like yeah we'll put you on the on the graduation list thank you so like extending was very simple i didn't Barring a few hiccups because of the way my stupid timesheet went, I didn't have to do anything for it. And the school really just did all of it.
0: But even, like, mentally,
1: Hmm.
0: like, did that affect you?
1: I, mentally, I don't know. I want to say, like, nothing deep. I was annoyed at myself that I was here because I was like, man, I should have just, like, planned things out slightly better um like I say plan things
0: out that if you because I think over in our breaks in between semesters you took like a few days off do you think that that really would have made enough of a difference
1: no because during that break I still I still saw clients I just like restricted them to like one day of the week oh okay um so like I was normally seeing clients, like, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And I was like, I kind of need a little bit of a break. I'm only going to see clients on Friday. So, like, if you want to see me this week, can we set something up on Friday? If not, let's just do next week. Yeah. Um, and those were usually the ones that were, like, doing a bi weekly or monthly yeah. sessions anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, it's not like by moving a week, it's not like I missed out on hours there. They were just... Like, it, it, so that's why I said, like, if maybe if I planned it slightly better, I could have had some of my biweekly clients the week before. Yeah. But, again, I say planning as if you can't my really needs are plan. more important than theirs, right? Like, they, we're setting up the schedule based off of what they want and what they think they need to see
0: with, right? And there's no-shows, and yeah. people get sick, or you get sick. Like, we got COVID. And I couldn't see people. And there were some people that didn't want to do virtual. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, if someone was struggling with that, just, like, feeling really defeated, what would you, like, want them to know?
1: I think hmm, that uh, this is where it gets tough because it's, you know, it's all, it's all person-dependent. But I think I would want them to know that, like, each hour counts. So, like if you only get an hour one week at least you got an hour that week right Mm -hmm. if you only if if, you know if a client no shows that happens it's it's it is what it is right like there you can always you can only plan for so much and there's always that unforeseen stuff um and to know that like it does eventually make its way to the end So, like I was saying, during the extension group, when I was listening to my my peers talk about how many hours they still had left, um, like I said, somebody still had 50 hours to make. Yeah. So, like, know that – and we weren't the only – like, the extension group could only have up to 12 students, and mine was full. So I know that there was other other extending groups. So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to normalize the thought that Every timeline is different. Everybody gets where they're going when they get there. There is no, like, you know, I wanted that hard deadline. I I even made plans for, like, the weekend after to celebrate. I bought tickets to a show and was like, yeah, I'm done. Practicum, woo! And I was like, I'm not really done, but I'm going to go see this show anyway. Yeah. <laughs> because it was still something that I was excited about. And I knew that the end was coming. So, you
0: know. So, like, moral of the story... You will get there. Yes. Even if it's not the timeline that you anticipated, you will still get there. You will still be effective. You still have done amazing work. And I think remember how much hard work that you've put into this. Yes. And that sometimes we don't have to go as fast as we want to go. Yes. And that's definitely something that I struggle with. Do you remember when we did sand tray with your with well, oh. our mutual supervisor Rebecca?
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to what your sand tray actually looked like because <laughs> it was fantastic.
0: Um, I think mine had who is that guy that runs really fast? The Flash. I think I had the Flash in yeah. mine
1: and. If I'm remembering correctly, I think you put a bunch of stop signs and yield signs around. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I want the flash remember to take a moment to stop and breathe.
0: Yeah. And it's like that idea of... And I can relate to people that have felt like they have to finish yes. as fast as possible. Because I am that person. I think that I need to do everything so quickly. And... Remembering that, like, it's okay to take a break. Yes. Um, And it's okay to slow things down when you need to or accept things being slowed down when life slows things down for you Um, and that you will get there and the outcome will probably be pretty similar or even better because sometimes by slowing down, you don't burn yourself out. Thank you so much, Josh, for... Letting me dissect your practicum experience and opening up with us about some things that have been hard, but some things that you really seem to have jo- enjoyed over practicum and that you look forward to as you graduate and register. And a big congratulations to you for making it through. Um, and so, I think for today's episode, I really just want to encourage everyone who is going back to school and getting back into the swing of things and pursuing their dreams and their goals that it's okay to take a break and to slow it down and just enjoy the experience because you're going to get there in the blink of an eye and you're not going to remember that first class you took and enjoy it while you're there because... There's so much more in the future and that's coming for you. And have fun. Thank you for listening. Bye, Josh.
1: Bye, Sarah.